So would you have come outside if you didn't have to do this? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have got outside. I've been stuck in front of the computer. Right, we So my step you. count would have been down today, which is a big challenge for me, because <laughs> I'm a competitive beast. <laughs> what, why many steps are you supposed to do today? So, I got the step counter on January the 20th. Uh -huh. The target was 10,000. By the end of the election, I was at 15,800 a day. Oh, yeah. I'm now down to 13,300. And I'm, as the dark nights set in and it's getting colder, yeah. and I'm not playing as much golf, so I'm, I'm determined not to go under 13,000 for this year. Uh -huh. you, you can tell I'm competitive. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do? What do you remember when we were kids and it was just second nature to run around just because we loved running around? What happened? When did we all become too busy to do the things that used to make us feel so happy? And how come it now feels so hard to tear ourselves away from a computer screen or from behind a car steering wheel to prioritise the most natural thing in the world, moving our bodies? I'm Lee Craigie, and I want to see if I can find a way back to that joy of moving, not because we should exercise, but because we want to. In this series of Moving Conversations with Scottish Ministers, I'm going to explore the motivations, benefits and barriers the people running our country feel they face in being everyday active. I want to hear stories from their active childhoods about how their levels of physical activity might have changed over time. We all have the same beating heart and we all need to take care of it. But how easy is it for us to be everyday active? And what do you do? What's your strategy for get, keeping your steps up? Just walking in back and forth from here, from a flat, golf. How many steps in a round of golf? 14,000 steps on the championship at Carnoustie. <laughs> on, on a reasonable 14, 000, day. exactly. Well, no, no, it's, 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 it depends how wayward they're being and what tees we're playing on. That's how competitive I am. <laughs> Today, I'm taking a walk with Minister for Transport, Graham Day. Golf play, do you hit the ball further out so that you have to get more steps? Well, my steps are more reliable than my golf. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, illness and injury gets in the way of a, a really enjoyable um, relationship with running. Oh, is that what you used to do? I used yeah. to do 10Ks and half marathons, and then I got pneumonia. Oh, no. I was weighed up for three months. I never got back to that level uh -huh. of running. I very, you know, not competitive, but you know what I mean, decent. Uh -huh. And then uh, did my cartilage, um, and you get that talk from the doctor, just, anyway, at your age, you shouldn't be running. Uh, so just focus on swimming and golf and all Isn't that. Isn't that an odd thing for a doctor to say? Yeah, and I was like, you buggers are responsible for this. You told us to get fit. I used to do a lot of running. This is, well, they reckoned it was wear and tear. Um, but I actually tore the cartilage, and there's a new study had come out from Sweden that says, and people of my age, there was a 50-50 whether it would do any good. It could actually make it worse. Uh -huh. So you're bundle operating. So that was an end to the run, and that I have really missed. Uh -huh. Really missed. Yeah. Mentally, Jesus. Yeah, what you did know? that do for you, the running? Because you could get out and switch off. Mm -hmm. Whereas now you're actually... stuck in a gym looking at papers. Well, well I don't, I, that was only in here on the bike. I know I, know I usually take the papers to the gym. I do a lot of swimming. Uh-huh. Got a pool in, the, in my hometown. So I go down there at quarter to seven in the morning and swim. Most, most mornings when I'm at home. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's one way you can switch off a bit. Uh-huh. 
but because it's not just about like your heart and lungs working although that is good for it's, everything it's your brain. but it's your brain isn't yeah, it? it is. and i don't know how you guys do it like your brains must just be full 24 7. you, you wake must... up you wake up in the morning sometimes and you know you're in that kind of coming out of a decent sweep and you're like oh that's great and then someone comes into your mind oh. you know and actually back on the treadmill and it is I, i've been more aware of my mental health during the pandemic I've ever been. Mm. You know, it's, it's what, a bit of a challenge to... What's, um, it, what's it throwing up for you? When the pandemic started, we were in the initial lockdown, I started walking the routes I used to run. Okay. But I found that incredibly boring because it took too long. Oh, right. So I was like, I could have done that in 25 minutes, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't really persist with that um, because it just frustrated the hell out of me that I couldn't, um, you know, run it. Yeah. Um, but you do absolutely need to get out. See, we, 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 we worked a hybrid system. So we're sometimes in Parliament, uh, sometimes working from home. And working from home can be so intense mm -hmm. because you're sat down, in my case, the dining table to do meetings and emails and whatever. And the next thing you know, it, it's seven or eight o'clock at night. Yeah. And you're not taking a proper break. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will be in that situation. Yeah. Um, and how does that make you feel? Like, why were yeah. you feeling at that sort of time of night? Pretty, pretty worn out quite uh -huh. often. So I, I, I should discipline myself more to take a break during the middle of the day. But what I tend to do when I'm at home and working is I, I go swimming at quarter to seven in the morning. Uh-huh. Just get 30, 45 minutes in there, which, you know, wakens you up, gets you... Yeah, the brain you functioning the day. for the yeah. day. So at least you know you've banked that exercise. Uh -huh. But it's quite worrying when, or during the better weather, I would walk to the swimming and walk back. So I would know what my step count was. And I remember one day looking at it, and it had progressed 300 steps between about nine o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the afternoon. That's how little movement wow. I'd done from, get, you know, actually getting up from the table. Yeah. And you think, that's not good. No. And I think you, you need to, you need to kind of adjust. So when I'm in Parliament, um, you know, weather permitting, I make a point of walking in and walking home just to get, you know, that period of fresh air and steps. Um, and just kind of walk through it that way. Yeah. Three, you, 300 steps. A human being's not supposed to behave like that. That's not what our physiology is designed for, is it? But, but, by the way, I, I'm not making myself out to be a victim here. I bet you there's lots of people in exactly that same position, especially if they're working from home is a, in a flat. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. and, and it's something we need to be alive to with this hybrid working. Um, uh, or, or for some people, they just work from home. Yeah. You need to have that, well, physically get up and <laughs> stretch your legs or uh -huh. whatever. But also mentally, you need to yeah. take that break away from the computer screen. How do we discipline you? ourselves? Like you're saying you ha you're not very good at disciplining yourself to do that. How do we do that when we're in high pressure jobs when, when everything, all these external forces are telling us this is the important stuff. You have to get this done. This is your time period. No, we don't value that time for you to take for yourself. How, how do we do that in, in, in the face of all of those voices? I'm the, I'm the last person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, it is it's, it's a good question. It's difficult. Um, and I, I, I'm one of these people, I, I have to get to the end of the day having cleared my inbox. 
So I'll quite often find myself doing back-to-back -back meetings. And you get to five o'clock and you're like, oh, I better have a look at the emails and there's 40 emails sitting there. Mm. And you know, I'm like, I'm gonna get rid of them because then I can relax at night because I know I've done everything. But and can me, you relax at night? Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I do, because uh, I tend to chill out and watch football or other sports. So that's the point at which I switch off, mm -hmm. or most of the time switch off, mm -hmm. if I haven't got phone calls to make. So it is, it is pretty intense. Um, I guess having a ministerial job makes the constituency stuff challenging as well, mm -hmm. because you're trying to keep constituency days so you can get into your surgeries and whatever. And that's been great um, because we've... Are they more active days? Yeah, well, you're, you're getting out and seeing bits of the constituency. I pulled surgeries in 26 different locations on a rota, or I did before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it just felt nice to go back to three of them that I hadn't been in for 18 months, whatever. Mm -hmm. It just felt like I returned to some degree of normality. Yeah. Um, so that was good, um, but of course you're then <laughs> trying to fit in everything around that, mm. and then you come into like today, which has just been just full on in the office. Yeah. Um, tomorrow's going to be more full on in the chamber. So. Will you still get up at quarter to six and do your swim? Well, not when I'm in Edinburgh. Oh right, um, that's only when you're. That's only when I'm in Edinburgh. Um, what do you do when you're in Edinburgh? Well, I used to. I used to get up um, and go to the gym. Uh, so when I was Minister for Parliamentary Business in the last Parliament, I attended Cabinet and I used to uh, walk up or take the bus to our offices at St Andrew's House, do a session in the gym and then walk up to Cabinet. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes here, um, depending on the day, I might actually nick out of the office in the middle of the afternoon with some papers and go to the gym in the Parliament and just get on the exercise bike for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, do that, have a shower, and you feel quite refreshed, and you've actually done some work. It's a, it's a bit cheating, but it was it was a bit of a break. But it's something, yeah. Yeah, and you just need to do that. And, and the only other thing I do here is is kind of walk. Mm -hmm. When I'm at home, I'm trying to play golf as much as it's possible to do. Um, I'd like to think that was a good escape, but if I'm honest, it's probably not as much as it ought to be, because you don't always switch off. Uh -huh. So I'm out with my mates, playing on my son. You know, you have conversations about other things and you do tend to switch off, but if you just have to go out on your own for 18 holes, uh -huh. it's you pretty difficult. You just mull over work. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had a, probably the lowest point for me in the pandemic was the Saturday before Christmas last year. Um, I obviously knew things were worsening in terms of, where we were in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But I was on the golf course on the Saturday morning. I got a text that on the 16th tee, it was saying there was an emergency cabinet meeting this afternoon. And I knew that was not good news. Mm -hmm. uh, those were the last three holes on one of the best golf courses in the world were just horrendous. <laughs> I dread to think what I scored because you just, you know, switched into another uh -huh. mindset. I mean, all I could think about it, I was gonna have to phone my mum and say, you can't come for Christmas, which was pretty tough. So even on the golf course, you can't escape it, you know, it's... So tell us about a time before you were a minister and you were pulled in all these different directions. Like, I spoke to Marie Todd about this very thing. When she was a backbencher, she said she was really active. She was always moving. She was always moving around. And then as soon as she became a minister, she was 
sedentary. Like, she didn't even get up to get her own coffee. People brought her stuff the whole time. And that just feels like um, such a change in pace, such a difference in life. What was it like, like, before you had all these time constraints? What was your balance then? I don't know, it's funny looking back on it, because um, I thought I was busy. Before? Before. Mm. And now I've realised, not, not to this degree, mm-hmm. I was a committee convener. Um, before. So that was quite engaged because it was climate change and the environment and land reform. Um, so that, that involved quite a bit of work. Um, but I was in the chamber more, took part in a lot of debates, which was good practice, good, you know, enjoyable, stretches you. Had time to write my own speeches. Um, and in terms of life balance, well, probably more time in the constituency, uh, more time. Uh, just to relax, I guess. Um, but that seems like so long ago, because that's, what, born three years ago. So you just kind of... Do you think you were, you think you were happier? <laughs> Probably less stressed. Aye. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, towards the end of the last parliament, is, well, you know, that last 18 months, year, pandemic time, mm-hmm. as Minister for Parliamentary Business, I was trying to get all the legislation through. And then at the very, towards the very end of the parliament, we had all sorts of things going on with votes of no confidence and ministers and that kind of stuff. So that was pretty intense. And then um, you come back and you're like, well, might not be in the government. Um, who knows? And then you go to see the first minister and she's like, I want you to take on what I consider to be uh, one of the, the toughest, one of the most important and challenging portfolios in the government. And I'm sitting there thinking, what's well, coming? Transport. Right, okay. And what were your thoughts about that? <laughs> I was processing all the challenges because uh-huh. I was thinking about other stuff and I was like, oh, that's, ooh, that's interesting, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it, it's, um, I said to somebody the other day, it was actually in a, an interview, that, you know, I'm 59. A lot of people at my age are just kind of, you know, last few years of work. Maybe you're fulfilled in their employment, maybe not, you know, thinking towards retirement. I mean, I've got a job that you know, gets me up every morning. Don't know what's going to come. Um, it's certainly interesting, it's challenging, mm. stimulating. When I first came into post, I had um, active travel as well. And one of the first tasks I had was to, to get the um, pilot schemes up for the free bikes for, for kids. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited about it because I just thought it. it created such an opportunity. It was so funny because the, the first meeting of my officials, they said, uh, so there's a bit of a problem, Minister. What's that? There's a worldwide shortage of bikes and parts. And I was like, oh, perfect time to launch this policy. <laughs> but then I thought about it, I said, well, well, we'll recycle. We've got lots of good recycling businesses in Scotland. That's what we'll do. We'll make a virtue of the circular economy. So, uh, and how important is it that kids have bikes? Did you have a bike when you were a kid? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Did you not? No, so it's quite funny. I, so when I was like, you know, we, uh, we stayed um, up 12 flights of stone stairs up into the top half of the garden. Yeah. And I took a header off of there when I was a little kid. Um, so I was never exactly encouraged to go and get a bike because I was obviously not suited to it. Just took off from this three wheeler. <laughs> and we moved when I was nine to a part of Aberdeen where it, at one end, um, was Anderson Drive, which, you know, incredibly busy route. 
At the other end was Holborn Street, which was also very busy, mm. and you could walk to school. So it never actually, because I wasn't discouraged from having, my just never got around to having a bike. Uh-huh. It didn't, it didn't feel like the sort of place that you would want to ride a bike because it no, was busy. No. Yeah. Did other folk walk to school? My recollection is, yeah. I mean, I used to, my secondary school, God, it must have been uh, two and a half, three miles away. And I used to walk back and forth at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Quite enjoyed that. What um, do you think your step count was when you were that age? Oh, <laughs> nobody bothered, did they? <laughs> That's Not it. Like now. Nobody bothers. Nobody thought about it then. It was just a natural way of being. And now we're like, oh, we must record this. But is it a surprise? Because how addicted are we to our phones? That's just an extension of it. I've got on my, on my phone, I've got my app that actually calculates the average for my steps, so I alternate between the watch and that. But that's just because I'm competitive. I guess if I haven't done 10,000 steps in a day, that's the minimum I'm happy with. And how do you feel in yourself if you haven't? So I'm wondering if you feel, okay, he's looking at at your watch and be like, okay, I'm under. So that must give you a bit of a downer. But is there something as well, like if you didn't know what steps you'd done and you just had done no exercise, would you still be on a downer because your your psychology, your your brain chemistry is different? I guess it depends because if if I've had a day when I've been swimming or I've been to the gym or something, then it doesn't bother me as much because I know when I've done something uh-huh. that day. So you, but, you get a sense without looking at your apps. Yeah. Sort of how it, but, yeah. but nothing replaces um, the kind of enjoyment I had from running and the escape, because that is the one, um, the one time you could go and run for a few miles um, and switch off. Uh-huh. And um, I really miss that. Um, do you see a time that you could ever get back to? I can't. I've got, I've got a torn cartilage which they won't operate on, and so running's completely out of the, the question. So um, I just focused on golf, swimming, gym, walking, mm-hmm. which is fine. But it doesn't give you the days. same complete switch no, off. No, and it doesn't give you the same that feeling after you've run 10k or whatever. Uh-huh. It, it's a good feeling. What is that? I suppose it's the, the, what you call it, the endorphins as part of it. Uh-huh. It is a bit addictive. I mean, I used to, to run every day. Um, and, you know, quite considerable distances. Because it, and it was great. I really enjoyed it. Mm. And I, t- I got to later in life, I was in my mid-twenties. And I was overweight. And I was like, I need to do something about this. So I started jogging around the park where we lived. And... Um, then it sort of got out onto the roads and then uh, moved to where we live now, which is, you know, a few hundred yards for the countryside. So it was fantastic. So you've got sort of green space that you can walk out into and yeah. immediately access. Yeah. yeah. That makes a big difference to your motivation, doesn't it? It, it, it is. It's funny because when the, the pandemic hit, I was like, I need to get out. I need to do something. So I had this idea that I would walk my old running routes. Uh-huh. But I soon got bored with that because it took too long. It's, diff- it's so difficult finding that different pace perspective, yeah, isn't it? it is. When you're used to going a certain distance or you're used to feeling that endorphin rush that you get from having achieved that sort of level of physical activity, it's hard to convince yourself that anything less is still worthwhile. But 
I mean, that that message isn't always helpful because it is just the little bits and pieces. They they do add up. They do make you feel better in that moment, even if it's just stepping out of the office yeah, for five it minutes. Does, but I suppose it? it's also a vanity thing as well that you don't want also to admit that you're getting older <laughs> and you can't manage to run that. Or you wouldn't be able to run that fast at the best of times. Uh-huh. They tell you, or sorry, my age group, told, get out, exercise, go running, whatever. And I used to buy the best of running shoes. But actually, the pounding on your joints from running on the roads, um, yeah, it's quite significant, the impact that has. Yeah, can be. The non-weight-bearing stuff is probably a bit, yeah. You're swimming. Jim, yeah. you can't swim to work, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I, I can't help myself. I started back last week when I was at COP. I was in a hotel in Glasgow and uh, went to the gym. And there was a cross train. I thought, oh, I've done that for a while. So I did that 10 minutes. And then the next day, 10 minutes. And then on Friday, it was up to 20. And then it was, well, that wasn't a particularly great distance. And by Sunday, it was 20, uh, it was 20 minutes, but another half mile, because that's just the way I am. You, know, you just <laughs> got to push yourself. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm hoping I can get back into that a bit more, because that, that's a bit of a, a replacement. Mm. Sounds like I'm a, a, a fitness junkie. I'm not, I just... Um, it sounds like, it sounds like you're somebody that knows how it makes you feel good. And so f- making sure that you have space for it in your life has been important. That's what it sounds like yeah. to me. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a bit, I'm, I'm not a, a particularly great golfer, but I enjoy going out and playing golf. You know, during the summer, it was you know, quite a lot of golf. Uh-huh. During the winter, much less so, but it's, um, that's nice. I don't relax as much in the golf course as I should do because I quite often take my phone, which I probably oh dear, shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, which is probably yeah. not a good idea. It's hard though, isn't it? I mean, I'm the same. Take the dog for a walk and take your phone. It takes discipline to protect that time and remind yourself that it's not just about your legs and your heart and your lungs. It's also about your head. Well, I mean, if I'm being honest, at the start of the pandemic, when I was going out and doing those five mile walks, I had my phone and I was working because, uh-huh. you know, that would not be a good use of time just walking. You know, I would need to be... Why though? Like, why do we not value that as just that space that a good use of time is just the walking, that is the value. Um, why do we have to think about it in, in those, like we always have to be doing and succeeding and progressing and well, achieving? I, I guess it's a throwback to when I first became an MSP. I used to be one of these terribly uptight people who had a list of things they were going to do today, literally a list. Uh-huh. And I came in here and you're like, well, that goes out the window, right? But oddly enough, when you become a minister, that comes back. The because list. you live by the list. So, you know, if you look at my diary today, my, my entire day is phone calls, meetings, X, Y, Z, right the way through the day. The day. So your, your, your list is back in play, which... Uh-huh. Um, and what would it take for you to put into your list this, actually, this 20 minutes is protected time where I'm going to go for a, a stomp up Arthur's seat? Well, I just, not so much that maybe, but when we eventually get the, the gyms back open, both in the Parliament and in our civil service building, then absolutely. I mean, I used to, I would go down, I'd walk down to uh, a building at Leith, and go for a swim, mm. and then take the, the bus to, to Cabinet in the last Parliament for a while. Or I would walk up to the other building, use the gym, and then walk to Cabinet. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice routine, and mm. it, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, our gyms have been closed for, oh, for as long as the pandemic's um, 
being in play and, and it's uh, you know it'd be nice to do that because I used to I used to nick away in the middle of the afternoon um, with a bundle of papers and just go on the bike in the gym in the parliament mm -hmm. uh, which seems crazy when you think about it I actually bumped into the first minister one day and she went what are you doing and I went I'm going to the gym what were your papers yeah does she she doesn't do that she protects she, I think she protects her time doesn't she when she's walking or she's well she puts the rest of us to shame because we'll come out of the chamber and we'll be standing some of us will stand at the left maybe it's been a long day and she goes for the stairs and she you know she looks at you you're like you're gonna walk up those stairs <laughs> and those heels <laughs> yeah I can't take the lift which, which further boosts my step count. and so does everyone just turn on their heel well, and follow her up the stairs I, I'm not gonna spoil the, uh, the beans on who does it but um, but you do go <laughs> I'm going to do that as well. I love that image of you all sort of shuffling up the stairs afterwards. Well, it's not pieces. all it has to be said. <laughs> well, what, what's the rest of your day got in store for you? Um, I'm away to do an interview with Hollywood Magazine right. about the future of rail. I've got meetings on ferries assorted meetings about ferries and then I'll need to go over my speech for a debate tomorrow, prep for a question session tomorrow, clear the inbox, whatever's clear in the there, inbox, yeah. and, and find time to form my constituency office to see what's happening by there. Okay. What do you think your step count is now? Um, Nine thousand eight hundred fifty-one. So that's been well worthwhile. How many was that that we just did? Uh, about what was it two and a half thousand, something like that. Good. Something like that. Yeah, excellent. I'm glad that I could assist I, in some way. Well, I mean, it's just I'm going to sound like a complete obsessive, which is probably accurate. Um, but you know, it's it's nice to have that that other thing in your day, which is. And that, that somehow sets the discipline to get up and, yeah. you know, so if I go down to the, the canteen for lunch, I always walk down, um, walk down to the chamber, just... Follow Nicola Sturgeon up the stairs. Follow, yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, so you just, you know, it, it, but as we've discussed, mentally, you do need to do that. It's just, yeah. um, sometimes at night you come out and you go, look at the weather. Will I walk? Or will I tell you, I'm going to walk. Uh -huh. You get home soaking wet, but you still feel better. You, yeah, I was just speaking to Michael Madison about that very thing. Sometimes he actually embraces um, poor weather because it's just he gets that sort of elemental, just sensory experience. Mm, I, I can't claim to be like that. I, I mean, <laughs> I'll look at the weather forecast, and if it's really bad, I'll maybe cancel the golf. If I'm on the golf course and it's chucking it, then that's fine. It happens. Uh -huh. But see, going out. Something different about going out <laughs> yeah, into it, like, I know. This is madness. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I'm lucky that it stayed dry for us today. That was really nice wander through the park there, Graham. Thanks a lot know, for taking the time. Good fun. Yeah. Got and me away from my desk. <laughs> and hope you get your 13,000 later on. Yeah, I will now, actually. Great. Thank you.